0: What's going on in CGers? I'm your host Aaron Lloyd and this is episode 59 of The Creation Grounds. If you've been rocking with me this long, I appreciate you and if you're just joining, welcome. This next fantastic guest has been seen on The Wire, The Sopranos. He worked on The Postman with Kevin Costner, does tons of theaters, um, tons of theater gigs. He's worked on eight of the ten August Wilson shows, and he's just a brilliant, fun, talented, beautiful brother. His name is Brian A. Wilson. And uh, in this episode, we talk about the hustle of being an actor. He drops some nuggets of wisdom from his breadth of experience within the industry, um, favorite celebrity encounters. He talks about the balance between building an acting career and balancing your family life and what that is, what the specific grind is and routines that he has in place to generate gigs and, and jobs for himself and just much much more that i think is going to be valuable to you so tell a friend share it refer it to other people and let's get to the show welcome to another episode of the creation grounds i have the brilliant talented brian anthony wilson on with me how are you doing brian
1: brilliant talented and beautiful
0: brilliant talented and beautiful can't forget that one thank you, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: Got it. <laughs> Philly native you 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 a Eagles fan man they broke my heart too much man I, I'm happy for uh, fans who you know follow them but I could not emotionally invest in them man they they broke my heart too much but I was happy they won the Super Bowl but no'm I don't I don't watch in fact I went to um well he's not he left the team now, but I, I used to work with um Steve and Calvin Clemens, who are the father of Corey Clemens, who won a Super Bowl and did really good number thirty, but they traded him. I think he's in Dallas now actually. So but um no, nah, I'm I mean I, I admire people who are die hard fans like my boy Rod Dion, uh Roderick Slocum and um, you know, some other people, but no, nah, man, I can't they break my heart too much. So
0: I feel you, man. I'm a Jets fan. So I've I've oh, been there. Done that. It's like a womp womp every season, man. Womp, womp, womp. So you know. Yeah, I know the pain. Um, so Philly born, tell me about a defining moment in your youth growing up in Philly.
1: Hmm, a defining moment in my youth. Wow. Probably almost getting shot when I was with my cousin you know, back in the game war days, and we heard the gun jams, the gun jams, and then we saw these guys with a gun out their window riding by, and we, we dove for cover. So that was a defining moment because it scared the, the Jesus out of me. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe, hey, maybe that was God's way of saying, no, you ain't going out right now. You got That's work to good. do, you, boy. So...
0: And then you decided to become an actor from that. You're like, this is too much. I got to, I got to act.
1: No, <laughs> no, that, it, that didn't happen until way later. Way yeah. Later. Yeah. No, I was in my twenties, 23, I think. Oh, so
0: what, what, what triggered that for you with the acting thing? Is it what you didn't always want to act?
1: No, I didn't know that. No. Um, I, um, I used to sing with a, a R&B band called perfect blend and, um, in the early '80s and '90s, and um, I wanted to improve my voice, so I went to Freedom Theater, which is one of the few you know black theaters, Freedom and Bushfire, in Philadelphia, North Philadelphia, um, for vocal lessons. And as part as a part of the curriculum, if you were a vocal major, you had to take a movement class and an acting class, which culminated in like a a um a little showcase after six weeks. And then the next semester, I went back as an acting you know concentration person and uh, i was in class for two weeks and i got thrown into a play not because i was great but because they fired two people and they needed a warm body and um i was like in a play before i saw a play so and that once i heard the the you know response from the audience and got that applause and laughter or whatever i was hooked man i was like a junkie and um yeah so that's when it started 1983 84 somewhere around then before you were born, young man.
0: Yeah, and that's that's phenomenal. I thought you might have been um, the kind of actor that always knew it's what you wanted, because I know we were talking, you said you'd done, I think you said seven out of the 10 August Wilson plays, which is Eight. a feat. Eight. Eight
1: out of 10, yep. Yeah, and I just, unfortunately, well, no, I have submitted, because there's two two people that are doing, somebody's doing radio golf and somebody's doing Ma Rainey, which is the two I need to do. Mm-hmm. And, Uh, I submitted, um, but didn't hear back from either one of those. But I did just hear back from a I submitted for Seven Guitars, which I have done already. Actually, Seven Guitars was my, ironically, my 7th August Wilson piece. And um, I did that at People's Light. But um, they must have lost somebody because the casting director came back and asked my avails. But I'm supposed to be shooting a film during the time. I think it's uh, yeah. Yeah, I have a conflict, though. So but um, and I would have been out of town again for two months, so I don't know. And I, yeah. I was already out of town for three and a half months away from my family, which I don't really like to be doing. I mean, I need to work, but. Well, so, talk
0: talk about that a little bit because I think that's uh something that a lot of people might find valuable because this this um kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for kind of like mobile. That's not the word I'm looking for, but us as actors, we have a very kind of um
1: oh my my migratory
0: yeah exactly migratory yes. career that kind of can keep you away from family so for you and for anybody listening what is it for you in terms of balancing that life work balance and do you find that it how how does that work for you how does that function for you
1: well i mean before my daughter was born she's 13 now um in fact the last time i did kind of like a I was kind of getting known or getting a little name in the regional theater thing. And i the last thing I did before she was born was uh, Jitney. Um, it was a co-production with um, Kansas City Rep and um, Arizona Theater Company. We were in Kansas City, Tucson, and then Phoenix. It was like, like three months of doing that play on the road. Um, but at the time I was, no, I was married. We got married in 2005, but you know, um, I did the play and I was away, but uh, once my daughter was born and actually um, my New York agent had retired too. And he was my link to the regional theater thing that too, but um, I didn't want to go out of town for that kind of time with, you know, with my daughter being young and stuff. So um, I had gotten away from that. I mean, I had done a few things uh, in recent years, like fences I did, but that was, I was only away for. It was a month altogether, and I came home at the two-week mark. So, you know, I was only away for two weeks at a time. Um, And she was, how old was she then? Like 10. Um, And then um, I did uh, Thurgood, one-man show in Maryland, but I would come home on the weekends, so it wasn't that bad. But, you know, so um, I had, you know, gotten away from doing any regional theater. And, of course, that's the only good thing about the pandemic was, you know, spending a lot of time with my my family, um, you know, my daughter and my wife, because before that, you know, I mean, I was doing theater in town and stuff and doing projects in town. But if you're doing theater, you're away six days a week, and especially doing rehearsals. I mean, once the show is up, then you you know you're going about three hours. But yeah, so that that's that's the tough part, especially you know when I did. Um, after the pandemic, the first thing I did was, uh, you know, two months in St. Louis during King Lear, uh, playing, uh, Gloucester. So that was tough being away from them for, for two months. And my mom, my mom was older in her eighties and, uh, you know, so yeah, that was the tough part being away from my family. And I kind of had to compartmentalize and kind of, kind of almost close part of myself down because if I thought about it too much, I would get sad, you know? Yeah. But, Luckily, you know, we had, um, um, you know, video stuff, and I could see them and talk to them. I mean, my daughter, she gets a little nervous sometimes, so or shy, and uh, so around you too, really? Uh, yeah, just didn't didn't like to be on camera a whole lot. So I would have preferred it every day, but yeah, like that, so but anyway, but we, I mean, I talk to them every day, but that's not the same. But yeah, so that's that's the roughest part. Yeah. So, yeah so and then i'm I'm gonna be going away for ten days to Puerto Rico in gen- um in uh, march i mean march in uh, october, so but at least it's just ten days as opposed to like months 10, yeah, ten months, yeah, ten weeks yeah, so
0: well, that's cool it's it's um, yeah, it's important to know that, and just like like you said, it is a feast and famine kind of thing, so even, even with me, like future planning and all that is something I think about all the time. So it's just useful to hear that. I'm sure listeners will hear, um, take value out of that as well. Um, for you, you've had a very longevity career. What would you say was your favorite celebrity encounter that you've had
1: so far? Mm, favorite celebrity encounter. Um, wow. That's a good question. I don't know. Cause most of the time I'm working with them i mean i i before i worked with him i met david Morse in philly you know um on, on r7 it's a train and i was like hey man i really admire your work hope to work with you one day and i ended up doing you know a, a movie with him and a tv show so um that one i mean he was really really he's like a family guy i mean but a fierce actor i mean when I was working with him, I found myself just just looking at him at one point, and I was like, "Oh shoot, I gotta actually have that act and do do a job here." <laughs> so, I mean, but it was real though, because I was I was in all of him, and he was just doing his thing, and I was like, "Wow, I actually have a job to do." So that was a good lesson. But I mean, he's one of my favorite guys who I've met with and worked with. But um, yeah. I mean Wendell Pierce of course I work with him on the wire and he uh you know I think I think that's the only Hollywood person I have is number him and, and James Russo from um he's mostly probably most famously known for uh playing Axel Foley's best friend or you know in uh, Beverly Hills Cop he gets killed off early but mm-hmm. but I did I did the postman with him and Kevin Costner so um yeah Russo and and uh and um, Wendell Pierce, yeah. Wendell Pierce is fierce. Man. The Pierce man, is I fierce. Would, I would, yeah, yes, he is. And I would, you wrote some really, really beautiful tribute to Michael K. Williams too, and uh, it was really moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Wendell is, I, I would love to. He did, you know, Death of a Salesman over in England. I hope they bring it to Broadway. I would love to have seen that. You yeah. know, seen his Willie Loman, I heard it was really, really amazing. He's supposed to be playing Louis Armstrong, I think, in an upcoming um, biopic. And he's a Juilliard guy, right, isn't he? He, I think so, he, man. The brother is just, he's so intelligent. He's such a great actor. Um, I mean, he just, uh, just speaks from the heart, but he speaks so eloquently. He's just a, hes just—he's a, a bright dude and just... He's gifted in his craft, man. Uh, yeah, because the brother that just died recently, Charlie Robinson, they did a two-hander, uh, something about old men. Uh, it was doing, done during the pandemic, and they filmed it. Uh, it was really good. It was online. It, it might still be on there. Maybe they'll bring it back because of Charlie's uh, passing, Mr. Robinson's passing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, every, I mean, every time I, w- I watch him, and look at him, I learn something. And, and also, am and, and entertained as well that's cool
0: so t- tell us a little bit about the wire it's such a groundbreaking show um fan favorite definitely I, I binged it it's it's I, up until seeing that I had not seen anything like that I don't know how accurate this is but I heard that the wire was the first show that you know in the beginning they show a clip and then the the title screens I think the wire was the first show to ever do that um so for you working on that show what what was it like working on that groundbreaking
1: show for you well it was it was kind of you know bittersweet i mean i i got the wire because and i just i am supposed to do a class with this gentleman austin pendleton's wonderful actor teacher um i had i had a little scene in um homicide life on the streets uh which was a you know see C- nbc show and Pat Moran cast that. And so that's how I got on her radar. So I came in probably three, three for three or four different roles for The Wire because Pat knew me from homicide. And uh, I think one was the mayor, I forget the other roles I read for, but I came in and read for, you know, the homicide detective Vernon Holly. And, um, you know, got a call back or something clicked, you know, they offered it to me. At the time, I didn't know it was gonna reoccur. just did my one little episode and have fun to the two scenes it was just one scene and um and I got a call to come back and I you know ended up doing two episodes in the first season second season got weird because um I was the guy who played my partner was a real police chief of police and he got embroiled in some type of though. i don't know what happened but they called me like three or three or four different times to check my availability and then something happened and they didn't have me in so i don't know what happened i think it was involving him but then the very last show of the season i got a call hey we want you to come back i'm i mean i'm saying to myself on, i'm not going to turn down any work but it's like you haven't seen my character in like nine episodes what's the point of bringing me back <laughs> now but i had All no right. idea they planned on having me because i ended up going 19 episodes um all five seasons and it would have been more but i had theater conflicts like the last season they wanted me in the first three episodes but i was playing a fellow so i was only off on Mondays. so when i was done i called them and said hey I'm, I, I finished the play and they had me back in but yeah so um it just was a great learning experience i mean be, and the other thing is though because i was a local hire mm-hmm. by, hired by pat moran through Baltimore, through coming down there, I didn't go through an agent or anything, so they looked at you differently and you were treated differently. You know, there was a producer on there uh, who just was very nasty towards me and towards some other people. Um, I, I thought it was just me, but I heard she was that way with some other people too. Some people who weren't like series regulars and stuff, mm-hmm. and just uh just attitude and just looked at me like I was a piece of crap. And um, yeah, but that's so that that was the bad part Just if you were a local hire in my experience anyway you were looked at as less than um you know even though we we all contributed i mean mm-hmm. i was a small 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 part of something that that great and i would not always always be forever grateful for that but yeah i just learned a lot by just being there and and you know watching wendell pierce and and working with him and um frankie Faison and so many other great actors um oh bro, i can't think of the brother's name right now uh he was on Oz too uh lance lance riddick he was really yep. cool too. So, yep. um yeah i just learned a whole lot and but you were kind of on your own devices your own auspices when you were there because kind of like and at one point because they were i guess because i used to get a full script but then And my my character wouldn't have that much to say, so they would only send me the the scene or two that I was in um, because of, I guess, concerns about pirating. And I guess because somebody, um, I think, yeah, something got uh, leaked before. So after that, they would just give me my little sides and I wouldn't, so I really wouldn't know what was going on. and, And sometimes, you know, nobody even kind of explained it. You kind of had to figure stuff out on your own. I mean, characters on my level anyway. So mm-hmm. what happened what's been going on you know kind of actually doing detective work to see what was happening in the storyline <laughs> that i needed to know that was pertinent to my character but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean the writers really didn't share share uh, much and i kind of found some stuff out on my own about Vernon holly who was you know a real person so um that would have been helpful it's kind of like when i did siren um this uh was a recurring guest star on a um uh freeform tv which is division of disney it was a show it ran for three years three seasons but i was just in the first season but they killed me off after third episode or something like that seventh episode rather um i was in ended up being in three episodes but it's like i found out more stuff about my character after i had died from when they, they had the wake for my character and i was like why, did the, why didn't Why did the writers share that with me? It could have enhanced my role and enhanced my portrayal had I known what they, you know, I found out after the fact. So that was just bizarre to me. But I guess in their minds, I was always just going to be killed off. So it was no sense in me knowing some stuff, I guess. I don't know. But what they didn't know was I, I had uh, the kid who played my son, I guess he had been hanging out with the producers because he was a series regular. When we, mm-hmm. did, when we shot the pilot, and then he kind of let it slip one day, oh, they're going to kill you off. So I was like, I knew when we shot the pilot, they were going to kill me off, but they didn't know I knew. But um, but yeah, so they killed me off after my third episode. So, I mean, it was great having the death scene and all that stuff, but it would have been nicer to be on there for three seasons, but that's just not my luck.
0: <laughs> it's coming, man. It's coming. You you have um such a a wide experience and, what what routines or habits have you done or created for yourself to propel yourself forward, acting wise? Do you have any like, are you submitting every day? Are you in commu- communication
1: with your agent and your team? Oh God, well no, that's the problem. I don't, I don't. I mean, I have a local Philly agent, but they don't. They really don't do much. If it's nothing in Philly, they can't do anything. I'm mean, i read for Hustle the Adam Sandler movie and a couple other things, but I didn't get those. Um. But I did get servant, uh, who was the uh, um in like Shyamalan um TV show that's on Apple TV, Apple Plus. And um, but no, I, I uh, and I the guy I was dealing with, a manager, excuse me, who was uh by coastal, he he had a family kind of emergency and got out of the business. So you no, know, I've just been kind of submitting on my own like crazily, four, five, six times a day. It's, you know. It's, and that's what people need to know. It's never a day off. You know, you you got to, it's 24-7. I mean, I was submitting something at midnight the other day, trying to make a deadline. Um, Yeah, the last two days, I had put three things on tape, self-tape, and then four voiceover auditions. So, yeah, it's just uh, scouring. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I signed up with backstage.com and Actors Access, so I get little notices, but you got to jump right on them because sometimes, you know, most of the times they get they get slammed with thousands of uh, thousands of um, you know submissions. So yeah, it's it's tough, man. But I I did just speak with a, a manager, but she said uh, I mean she's fierce. She says she believes that I can get some um, guest. I mean series regular stuff. But she said you know I have to sign with her exclusively, which is like I haven't done that before. Mm-hmm. So but um, right now because a couple of things I auditioned for theater wise I didn't get. And you know, and I, know I was, but it was it was nice that they informed me that I didn't get them, so I have nothing theater wise next year. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to have to focus on film, TV, because there's nothing. uh in, on, in, I mean, I did just get a an inquiry about my availability for a piece, which uh, coincidentally starts on my birthday, the, the first day of rehearsal. So I was like, oh, could be a could be a good omen, but it's a thing that I would have to go out of town for. But it's just an inquiry of availability, not an offer. You know, he sent me the script to read, but, um, but yeah, so I, I'm going to have to focus on film and TV because there is no right now, any theater on my horizon. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just the hustle, man. The grind, the grind is real. And what would
0: you tell yourself maybe 10 years ago that you, that would help you? What,
1: what advice would you give a younger you? <laughs> oh, well, um, uh, certainly, uh, well, I have a website. I should have, have a damn website up, but I don't have that yet. Um, and and just, uh, there was, uh, I was just talking to my wife about this. I was close to a, a series regular for this thing called Do No Harm. I mean, it ended up being, the, they, they canceled it after like five episodes, but they ran them all. But uh, it was between myself and a guy in L.A., and I... I, I should have said i didn't have any conflicts i had this little thing i was doing in new york like a um uh it was one step above of a like a stage reading basically and um i should have said i didn't have any conflicts i would have had to drop out of that kind of screwed them but I, I would have said don't say you have a conflict there and just deal with the consequences afterwards because when they did a full production of this piece they went with somebody else anyway so i was like yeah sure. yeah so i should have uh i should have did that and then another thing was a show that i did that i um had a certain theater company that i um we had a well i agreed to do a one day thing and then i right after that maybe two days later i booked uh two scenes on blue bloods and um if I took it, then they would have to call my understudy in and and, and have them, the Cal cast come in and go through the show. And I was like, I was trying to be a team player, but, the, you know, that was just this little hundred dollar job that ended up costing me, you know, with residuals and everything, probably well over six, seven thousand dollars. So I would huh. go back in time and not do that again. I would just, you know, and, and then that theater ended up not calling me in for the next two years. I mean. I don't know why I didn't do anything. You know, I I lost money, and then, you know, not that they penalized me for that because they, you know, I did the right thing. I'm sure as far as they were concerned, but, but anyway, it's just weird. So those are two things I would change, but I wouldn't change anything before my daughter was born, if I could go back in time. But, um, but yeah, those two things. If just being about more about the business part of the show, you know, and and. Yeah selling myself short and showing my uh my my you know time and, and effort and is 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 worth a lot. So, you know, to be more cognizant of the business part of the of the show business.
0: And I guess uh that kind of I was gonna ask you next, what do you believe today that you didn't believe five years ago? But that probably is in line with just educating yourself more on or doing more of the business part of the show. Right. <sighs> yeah
1: yeah and just um you know working as my wife says work smarter not harder but i mean yes. I, I try to work hard but yeah the, there is a way to work smarter too which i'm which i'm trying to learn and uh, be more cognizant about too you know cuz it's and you I'm we're always juggling stuff man even when you have a job you, you know you're looking for the next job yeah so and sometimes it's hard to you know give you a total focus to something. Just like I was saying with with our piece, Labor, I I would have loved to have explored more before we got on screen, but it just, uh, the timing kind of got away from me, so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so. Just being more judicious with time, too. It's a precious commodity. 100%. Are you a reader? What book have you gifted the most in the past year, would you say? Oh, God, no. I mean, I honestly don't have time to read because I'm always reading scripts and submitting stuff. I mean, I have four scripts right now I got to read uh, because I'm shooting them. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And yeah, scripts I got to read and lines to learn. So I honestly don't know. I mean, I read comic books sometimes, but I haven't even read them in a while. You're a Marvel uh, fan? Uh, you like the Marvel Universe, the Marvel movies? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've, I've you know, know all the storylines and stuff, yeah. But no, I, I have like, well, my brothers have been going through some stuff because they found some comic books worth something. But I have like 35, 40 big long boxes of comic books, man. I mean, my wife wants me to get rid of them and I should sell them um, or do something with them. But um, yeah, I just haven't really had time even. They're piling up. I got a big, Of them to read that I haven't got to because I I, and I mean the writing in them is amazing. Um, A lot of them, and uh, of course you see that in the movies. And a lot of those screenwriters have their background in comic book writing. I mean, it's really a a great genre. But I I got literally, I got, I got got a bunch of books up here. A lot of biographies, um, some actors, and. Obama and stuff, I haven't read any of them yet, but I hope to one day. Yeah. Well, what inspires you nowadays? Oh, well, I mean, people who are great at their art. I mean, I love going to see people. I mean, I've known here for, you know, trying to be supportive of, of other artists and, of, you know, especially if I'm not doing something, especially since I won't be on stage, I'll be going to see a lot of theater because it it inspires me to one be better and two just seeing people work, doing work on their craft on on that stage is is always inspiring to me. So um, I'll be definitely going to see a lot of theater. Um, Actor friend of mine is in Thoughts of a Colored Man on Broadway. So I definitely want to go see him. And it's a brother from the wire that's in there too. So. Um, see that. This is another actor that I know, uh, Rob McClure. He's, in, he's the lead in Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway. So I want to see that. And also see Ruben Santiago Hudson's portrayal in the Lackawanna Blues. So, yeah, that's that's what inspires me, seeing great work, especially live work on stage. And, um, you know, I, I'm watching some streaming stuff, not a whole lot, mostly comedy stuff right now, but um, that's what inspires me, Seeing seeing great art. You know. What are you
0: working on currently? You said you have four projects, some slated for next year. Where can people find out about those projects? Do you know, where they're gonna are they gonna do the the film
1: circuit? Are they well? I mean, there's a on? couple of things out right now. There's a movie called Shimmer that I did this out. Um, kind of like a, a horror movie that's available on a lot of different platforms. Um, Right before your eyes, it's kind of a metaphysical movie that's out in Walmart and on a lot of DOD platforms. Also, Room Nine, I just shot this, the sequel to that. Um, like, yeah, the last, last, couple, last couple of weeks I shot that. So, the other things it'll take a while for them to come out, but one is called Aurora, and uh, um, the other one is called A Cup Full of Crazy, and then um. Another one called Finding Christmas, which I'll be shooting this next week and uh, shooting one part now and I'm shooting the other part in November. So that's interesting. But yeah, but Shimmer and uh, Right Before Your Eyes and Room 9 are out now in a lot of different platforms online and and such.
0: And I ask all my guests this, uh, when you think of the word creative, who comes to mind for you and why?
1: Creative. Um, hmm. Ah, so many people, but right now I would I would say Ty Lee because his writing is very creative. Um I really and it, it's weird, I just got an email about a play I didn't even realize was Ty Lee's that I auditioned for. Wow. I like, Thank you. I went into, we went in a different direction, but I was like, "Oh my god, I'm doing a Ty Lee play right now." Um and I'll I'll share the thing with you the, the name of it when we get off. Um but mm-hmm chat but um but yeah so ty lee man i mean the brother is uh you know he's very creative very inventive um wonderful writer so yeah and writers i mean they're coming with stuff up uh, out of stuff up out of their head so you know i'm just we're just saying the words but i i admire people who can write the words because without that we don't have we don't have anything to say (laughs) yeah yeah writers are, are the most creative to me yeah, and is is uh, what I'm dealing with now. I'm, I'm so glad I met the brother, and, and I'm honored to speak his words.
0: And that's uh, Tylee Scheider, for anybody listening. Um, great brother, NYU grad, playwright, Brian well, and I are currently in a show. What's that? Did you have him on? He is. He's actually, I recorded his episode. It's coming out pretty soon. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tylee scheider check him out and how can people connect with you brian i know you said you're getting your your website up and running um if any agents or managers are listening to this and are interested in meeting you how do they reach you all that kind of um, stuff
1: i have a, a, a public profile on facebook um instagram is brian.a.wilson.1217 so facebook and instagram people reach out to me there all the time I've, I've gotten some work from facebook so yeah they can reach me on there and instagram thank you for coming on um wish you all Good the welcome, best my brother. wish you the best too it's been great working with you